بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ولا أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So the last class that we had, we finished off with لا يذوق بعد عرض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لا يذوقون فيها بردا ولا شرابا. Allah Taala was describing hellfire and Allah said they will not taste therein any coolness nor any drink. So this is a description of the hellfire and it's actually quite uh, horrible and graphic, so I have to uh, <laughs> give some warnings for this and the next week, inshallah ta'ala. Um, this is hard to listen to sometimes. For some people, they think, subhanAllah, uh, what a horrendous description uh, of hellfire and how terrible it truly is. And um, some people even, it causes them to question and doubt their own deen. And they say, how is this possible? How can it be possible that people will be in such a torment in the akhirah? And actually, recently, I spoke to somebody who's... Uh, you know, uh, alhamdulillah, actually, from my family, they were saying this, they were saying, like, you know, I've always had this doubt that, subhanAllah, how is it possible that hellfire is so bad? And then I saw what was happening in the Muslim world and, in, and how some people are taking such joy in torturing others. They're teaching, taking such joy in the death of innocence, of the death of children, and they're celebrating it, they're partying it, and, and it made him realize that, subhanAllah, I never thought such evil existed. And uh, I guess it does, you know, I guess it does exist. So when you get face to face with something that is so vile and that you don't understand, well, that's a good thing that you don't understand. There's a good thing that you have some decency in you that you're like, I can't imagine someone is that evil that they would deserve such a thing. But Allah Ta'ala is going to mention in a moment that this is perfectly fitting. Anyhow, so Allah Ta'ala mentions that there's no coolness nor any drink. Then Allah says what? Illa hamima wa Except for hamim, which is usually translated as scalding water. As in, there is a type of liquid that's going to pour down, but it won't be something that you can drink, it won't cool off, and it won't be in any way refreshing or beneficial. It will just burn and scald the skin. And ghassaq, which is translated as purulence. So, what does this mean? So, the first thing that I want to mention is that you're contrasting with this dunya. In this dunya, Allah Ta'ala described how there is this blessing of rain in ayah number 14. Allah Ta'ala talked about how He sends down mu'asirati ma'an thajjaja, how Allah Ta'ala sends down the rains. Uh, and now you're finding the contrast and saying, you never took, you never were grateful for this blessing of rain. You were never grateful for the blessings that you had in this dunya. And so, because of that, the only sort of liquid that you're going to be dealing with is either burning, scalding water that is not going to give you any satisfaction whatsoever, or it's going to be ghassaq. And so then the question is, what is ghassaq? And it seems the strongest opinion is that it means pus, sweat, blood, and all the fu fluids or filth, uh, filthy colors and smells that flow out of rotting, infected gangrene wounds. So specifically, wounds of these disbelievers. It's really just the most disgusting thing you could imagine. All of the filth that is pouring out of their uh, uh, dis destroyed and broken and bleeding bodies. Uh, uh, and it comes from Allah Ta'ala but there is one opinion that says that it comes from a Persian word that was Arabicized. Al-Ghassaqu Farisiyatun Mu'arrabatun Yaqulun Lishshayi Al-Ladhi Yataqadharunahu Khashaq. So the word Ghassaq comes from the Persian word that was Arabicized and they would say when something becomes filthy, it is called Khashaq. So Khashaq is the Persian way, Persian way of saying it and then it was Arabicized to Ghassaq. Well, and Allah knows best. Now, there is a hadith found in Tirmidhi and Muslim Ibn Ahmed, but it seems to be a weak hadith. Uh, Shaykh Shu'ayb al arnaud says in Takhrij uh, al-Musnad that it's weak. Al-Albani says that in his Da'if uh, al-Tirmidhi, it's weak. So, but the, the hadith is still relevant to mention, Allah knows best, uh, that the Prophet says, لو أن دلوان من غساق يهراق في الدنيا لأن, uh, لأنتنا 
Ahlul Dunya. If a bucket of ghassaq were poured out onto the world, the people of the world would rot. So in other words, this ghassaq is so putrid and so toxic that it would basically destroy the entirety of the planet in terms of how uh, it would uh, affect the environment and destroy everything, subhanAllah. So uh, there's uh, another opinion that says ghassaq is actually a reference to zamharir. We talked about this a while ago, where zamharir, some, it's mentioned in Surah Insan, some take the opinion that zamharir is the one place in hellfire that is so freezing cold that it gives you no relief. It actually, you know how cold can burn you? Uh, if it's so freezing. So people, it's almost like a trick. It's like, oh, maybe this area is going to make me feel better and it's only going to make you feel worse. So uh, so the fact that Allah says what? That they will not taste any bardan wala sharaba, no coolness nor drink. It's as if Allah Ta'ala is saying, la yadhuquna fiha bardan illa ghassaq, wala sharaban illa hamim. So it's as, it's as if Allah is saying they won't taste any coldness except ghassaq. So that's that description of that cold part. And they won't have any drink except hamim. Hamim, again, is that burning thing that will... Uh, uh, only make the situation worse. Ibn Ashur has a different perspective on this. He says, They won't taste in it any coolness because hamim is burning and nor any drink because drinking pus or sweat or any of these filthy type of fluids or blood or whatever the case is, isn't really a drink, like to be drunk. It's something that you could technically put in your mouth or whatever the case is, but that's not a drink. And of course, it's a dark liquid because as we know, as Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Falaq, ayah number three, when Allah describes women sharri, and from, I take refuge uh, in Allah, from the evil of ghasiq, the darkness, idha waqaba, when it settles or when it spreads. So it's something dark, because coming from the same root words, ghasaq, you have ghasiq. Uh, and another reading is without the shadda on the scene, so it's ghasaq instead of ghasaq, and Allah knows best. There are many different uh, uh, ayat that relate to this punishment in the fire. For example, Allah says, فَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قُطِّعَتْ لَهُمْ ثِيَابٌ مِّن نَارٍ يُصَبُّ مِنْ فَوْقِ رُؤُوسِهِمْ الْحَمِيمِ يُصْحَرُ بِهِ مَا فِي بُطُنْهِمْ وَالْجُلُودِ Allah says, but those who disbelieve will have cut out, of, uh, cut out for them garments of fire poured upon their heads will be scalding water by which is melted that within their bellies and their skins. So even if they try to drink this hamim, it will go down and basically destroy their insides. Another uh, ayah in, in Surah Waqi'ah, uh, 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 Allah Ta'ala says, And the companions of the left, what are the companions of the left? They will be in scorching fire and scalding water and a shade of black smoke, neither cool nor beneficial in any way. Allah also says in uh, Surah Sa'd, uh, So, this... So let them taste it is scalding water and foul purulence and other punishments of its type in various kinds. So in this ayah, Allah Ta'ala is clarifying that this isn't the only type. There are many different types of punishments. And subhanAllah, uh, you know, al-jaza'u min jins al-amal, as is the uh, sort of qa'ida. Uh, the, the principle is what? That the uh, reward is fitting of the crime or the punishment fits the crime, simply put. Which means what? It implies that the variety of punishments in hellfire will, will be fitting to whatever type of crimes you did in this dunya. Allah also says what? In Surah Al-Kahf, Allah says, and if they call for relief, they will be relieved with water like murky oil, which scalds their faces. Wretched is the drink and evil is the resting place. And in Surah Muhammad, ayah number 15, Allah says, uh, Like that, the one who will abide in hellfire eternally and, uh, and are given to drink scalding water that will 
will sever and cut up their intestines. So subhanAllah, this is a disgusting and horrible punishment. May Allah Ta'ala protect us all from consuming anything haram so that we would end up consuming something of a punishment. May Allah protect us from any of these evil and terrible punishments that it only gets worse and worse and it is extremely uh, painful and terrifying, really. Um, and then you might wonder to yourself, is this even fitting? And then Allah Ta'ala says in the very next ayah, Jaza'an wifaqa, subhanAllah. It's, it, 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 so jaza'an means a reward. Wifaqan, yani, it's not just muafaqa, it's not just you know, fitting, it's wifaqan, it's perfectly fitting. So the sentence structure seems to be mansub, and there's a diff few different opinions as to why it's jaza'an, not jaza'un or jaza'in, but jaza'an, mansub, because yadhuquna is in the previous verse in ayah number 24, two verses ago. So it could be understood as la yadhuquna illa jaza'an wifaqa. They will not taste except a perfectly fitting reward. So you could connect the ayat in that way. But another opinion is that there is omitted words. There are certain uh, or certain verbs that are omitted. And for example, uh, the maf'ul mutlaq would be yujzawna bithalika jaza'an wifaqa. They will be rewarded with a fitting reward. So that sentence, they will be rewarded with, is omitted. It just says a fitting reward. As in this is exactly what you deserve. And another perspective is jaza'inahum uh, jaza'an wifaqa that we reward them with a fitting reward of their deeds, exactly what they deserve. So these are different omissions that could be understood from the sentence structure that seem quite obvious. So the question is, why is this fitting? Because a rotten, self-contradictory, and self-destructive belief system on the inside leads to violence, leads to bloodshed, leads to destructive, self-destructive results for humanity. What the disbeliever uh, sees as a small lie now turns into a major problem later on. And they're responsible for it. Just because they feign ignorance doesn't absolve them. I hope this is very, very clear. When you teach a false doctrine, when you believe a false doctrine, and when you spread that in humanity, you just say, what, it's just a little white lie. We just get together and we pray to some false idea and we celebrate some false concept. There's nothing wrong with that. What's the big deal? SubhanAllah, nothing but pain and bloodshed and all kinds of evil result from it in the long run, if only you're smart enough to pay attention to the actual effects. And subhanAllah, we're seeing it these days with a false ideology and false beliefs and false readings of certain scriptures saying that, oh, this is our land and we deserve it, and therefore, if that's the case, and we're the special people and these people are like animals, therefore we can do whatever we want with them. See how quickly a certain false idea can uh, spiral out of control and unravel into something that is nothing but filthy and uh, uh, terrible violence and bloodshed. So subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is saying this is jaza'an wifaqa. It is perfectly fitting. Faith is on the inside, and the faith that the disbelievers' forefathers had on their inside was corrupt, foul, and disgusting. It was shirk. Yet despite that, they still took it into their hearts and made it their faith. It's as if they found the rotten insides of their misguided forefathers and decided to ingest it anyway. So subhanAllah, this is, you could say, a, uh, a, a divine consistency or sunnah, a sunnah al-ilahiyya, which is what? Al-jaza'u min jins al-amal, that the punishment must fit the crime. And furthermore, Allah Ta'ala says, وَجَزَاءُ سَيَأَةٍ سَيَأَةٌ مِثْلُهَا The retribution of an evil act is an evil one like it. This is mentioned in Surah 42, ayah number, which is Surah Shura, ayah number 40. And Muqatil beautifully says what? He says, the punishment fits the crime. There's no crime worse than shirk, and there's no punishment worse than the fire. SubhanAllah. Very simple logic, very straightforward st statement. He says what? The punishment fits the crime. Therefore, shirk is the worst, Jahannam is the worst. End of discussion. SubhanAllah, and the wording of it, like I mentioned earlier, Allah could have said muwafiqun or muwafiqun. It is fitting. But the word muwafiqun implies that it is suitable, but there can also be an alternative that is also suitable. You know, sometimes you give, you're given, I don't know, a certain amount of money, 
and let's say, I don't know, it's given to you in a $100 in a bunch of 10s. And then someone says, that's okay, I'll give it to you in a bunch of 20s. Does it make a difference? No. So it's, I paid you $100, whether it's in 10s or in 20s, doesn't make a difference, right? So two possibilities, and they're both fitting. But no, that would be muafiqan, let's say, just as a simple example. Wifaqan means it's the only possibility. This is exactly what they deserve, and there's nothing else. And so if you're saying to yourself, I couldn't imagine anybody that is that bad, then inshallah ta'ala, hopefully that person isn't that bad. But guess what? There are others that are. <laughs> just as simple as that. There are some people that are just that rotten, subhanAllah. So you made your bed, you made your own bed now, uh, uh, and now you have to uh, lie in it, as they say. Final ayah that I'd like to cover for today is what? Innahum kanu la yarjuna hisaba. Indeed, they were not expecting an account. Innahum, it is indeed them. Innahum la yarjuna. They, so raja is a bit of an interesting word. Raja can mean hope, but it can also mean to have fear. In other words, they did not take it seriously. They did not care whatsoever. They did, so in, some, in most dialects, usually nowadays in modern standard Arabic, raja yani hope, right? Ta'amul, uh, you could say. But in classical Arabic, it could mean both. You know, they didn't have any hope, but they also didn't have any fear of this, as in they didn't care about it, either way, uh, of the situation, because there's different dialects in Arabic. And the fact that Allah uses, كَانُوا لَا يَرْجُونَ hisaba, They had never, at any point, it was, a, it, was a, it was a point of consistency, at no point did they ever have any expectation about the future of saying, you know what, maybe I should care about this, maybe I should hope in Allah, maybe I should have fear in Allah. And either way, it was never even on their radar. It was something they completely ignored. And subhanAllah, based on the introduction of the surah, we were expecting that the crime of the disbeliever would be what? That they didn't expect an accountant. But Allah didn't use the word tawakka'a. It's Allah didn't say that you didn't expect it. Instead, Allah used the word araja'a. So one meaning here, hope, is what? This implies that their questions weren't sincere. They were asking different questions like, okay, tell me, is there a judgment day? Can you prove it? They were asking all these questions, not hoping for the truth, but they were just hoping that judgment day wouldn't happen. So it was insincere. They were hoping, rather, that they would be proven right, that there was no such thing as judgment day, instead of actually seeking the truth. And Allah Ta'ala mentions this. Allah says, let them eat and enjoy themselves and be diverted by false hopes. So in other words, Allah is saying, look, they have false hopes. They have hope in the wrong thing, that there will be no judgment day. I genuinely hope I'm never going to be brought back to account for my deeds. So let them eat and let them enjoy themselves and be diverted by their false ho hopes, for they are going to know. They're going to know the truth very soon. And we should remember the mafhum al-mukhalifah. We should always look at it from the inverse perspective. If the disbelievers never had hope in the akhirah, then the believer makes the decision every single day to not expect from this dunya. When I work hard, if you work hard for anything, for the sake of Allah, it's not because you want recognition from the people. You say to yourself, Ya Rab, I expect my reward in the Akhirah. If good happens to me in this life, Alhamdulillah, that's nice. But at the end of the day, whatever good or bad comes my way or doesn't come my way, I know it's all temporary. Ya Allah, I have hope in the Akhirah. You have to have this firm optimism, optimism and expectation in His reward uh, that it'll be waiting for you in the afterlife. And so this, is a, this verse is a reminder to the believer, don't just do good deeds out of habit, make sure you do it for the sake of Allah. You shouldn't just come to the masjid out of habit, you shouldn't attend this halqa out of habit, it should be, Ya Rab, I'm going for your sake. As we know, the first hadith in Bukhari and in Arba'in uh, al-Nawi, and, and many books, the, the first hadith is usually mentioned is what? Actions are by intentions. Always check your intent, always ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is my objective here? 
Yes, so raja yarju means what? To be hopeful, optimistic about something. It can also mean to care about something, or it can also mean to fear. So the care is kind of in the middle. Either you hope, you fear, or you just care in general. And so they're saying, Allah is saying what? They at no point, they never cared. They never cared about this at all. They were asking lots of questions at the beginning, right? They were asking, but they never actually cared. And that was their crime. They never actually cared. And this is something that we need to do as believers. We may talk to people who claim I'm an atheist, or some, some say I'm a Christian, or some say even I'm a Muslim. Whatever you say, if you genuinely don't care, that's your job in da'wah. To say, listen, whatever you claim to be, at least care. Do you realize this is real? This life is real? This, 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 this death is real? The time is ticking? Do you understand this? Just care. And if you care, inshallah ta'ala, you'll be sincere enough to pray for the truth and inshallah Allah will guide you. Just remind people, and it obviously we, we call them to Islam, and obviously Islam will be at the end of that road, bi'idhnillah, but I'm just, just remind them, first and foremost, before you even figure out which religion is right, just start caring. This is what needs to be done. So, a few final points is what? That, uh, uh, yes, it's very frustrating to me, and I'm sure for all of us, whenever you find on the news people debating about, you know, how to make this world a better place, what should we do in terms of this crisis or that crisis? I find this so annoying because Allah Ta'ala is clarifying that the root of this transgression lies in a lack of a belief in Allah's accounting, that you don't care about the akhirah. Ultimately, instead of talking about, well, what's the best political strategy in this way, and how can we figure this out, and who do we need to vote for, and all these different things, you're not addressing the underlying condition, which is what? Do you actually believe in accounting? Do you actually believe you're gonna stand before your creator? And this would fix, this would fix it from the root. When you ha have no faith in Allah's accounting, you'll take little baby steps towards evil, enjoy it in the short term, then realize there is no long term to worry about, there is no judgment day, and then you'll repeat it until you've acclimated yourself and then take new baby steps into deeper and deeper depravity. This process can go on forever as long as Allah Ta'ala keeps giving you life. So there's no end to how low you can go. SubhanAllah, may Allah protect us. So why should we have yarjuna hisaba? Why should we have hope in the hisab? Well, Allah Ta'ala says what? Man ja'a bil hasanati falahu ashru amthaliha. Whoever comes on judgment day with even a single good deed, he's gonna have 10 times the like thereof in his credit. Every time you do one good deed, imagine this. It could be multiplied 10 as a minimum or more than that, 70 times, hundreds of times, thousands of times, and sometimes hisab, as Allah says, without even any accounting, just keeps going. SubhanAllah, this is what we hope for. Allah Ta'ala says, Man ja'a bil hasanati falahu khayrun minha. Whoever comes on judgment day with a good deed, he's gonna have better than it. It's always gonna be better. Allah is so generous. Allah says, Illa man taba wa amana wa amila amalan salihan fa'ulaika yubaddilullahu sayyatim hasanat. Allah says, except for those who repent, they believe and they do good deeds, then Allah Ta'ala will replace their evil deeds with good deeds. SubhanAllah, can you imagine you lived a life of evil? It doesn't just get wiped away. Imagine this, it's not just that, oh, I was doing this haram and that haram, all these haram things on my whole past, 10 years, 15 years of doing haram. You change your life, you made tawbah and you really rearrange yourself, you transformed yourself. It's not just that all that goes away. Rather, it's as if you were there doing a hibs the whole time. It was as if you were just fasting the whole time. Allah gives you the reward of praying salawat the whole time. You're wondering, Ya Rabb, on judgment day, I didn't do all this. I didn't do all this. How did I get such a reward? SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is letting you know. Didn't you read? Didn't you read in Surah Furqan, ayah number 70, that if you really make sincere repentance, I'm gonna transform it, not just to make it go away, your evil deeds, I'm gonna transform them into good deeds, subhanAllah. Allah also says, إِنَّهُ لَا يَيْأَسُ مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمَ الْكَافِرُونَ That Allah says, indeed, the, the only ones who despair in the mercy of Allah are the disbelievers. Nobody despairs in the mercy of Allah except the people of disbelief. So the believer, if you are a Muslim, if you are a believer, then you never have despair in Allah's mercy. You can never say, I think I overloaded the system, you know? I think I, I, think I crashed the system. A'udhu Billah, I'm just giving a joke. But you get my, I, you know, I overloaded Allah's mercy. A'udhu Billah. 
It's not a system, I know, I'm just joking, but you guys get my point. Um, the idea is what? You can never out, outdo Allah Ta'ala's mercy. You can never o overload Allah Ta'ala's rahmah. It doesn't work like that. As long as you're willing to turn back, you will find infinite mercy from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. The only problem is what? The people who will never turn back, who will never ask for mercy. They've completely shunned any mercy. So you get exactly what? Jaza and wifaqa. May Allah protect us from such a, uh, a evil and fitting, deserving punishment. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah Ta'ala give us mercy. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakul khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.